This podcast is brought to you by Kingdom at Work. If you're a business owner or executive level leader looking to advance God's kingdom at work, sign up for one of their 2019 workshops at www.kingdomatwork.com slash events. Kingdomatwork.com slash events. Hey, welcome to I Work Room as we broadcast you from San Antonio, Texas. That's right. We're on location at Southwest Exteriors in San Antonio, Texas. You can check them out online. They have a really complicated website, southwestexteriors.com. But before we get to our... (laughs) We have a huge audience and a huge list of people who are going to be on the show today before we get to all of those employees and the owner of Southwest Exteriors, Martha. First, how should people be connecting with us online? What should, be, what should they be doing? Well, you know, Jim, um, we just love to um, be able to resource people with all kinds of information that can help them in this journey of connecting their faith and their work. So I just want to encourage people to go to our website, iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com. And check out the different resources. You send a weekly blog um, that's some sort of encouragement about something that we've either talked about that week or that God's just really laid on your heart. And that goes out every Friday at noon. And attached to that blog are the links to the last five shows that have been produced um, during the week and the week prior. So I just want to encourage people to to check out those resources so that they themselves, as they're walking this journey with us, um, can have some information that can help encourage them. So. And that weekly blog, not like any other weekly blog you've read, because it's me writing it. And it's, so it's just something <laughs> from my heart, something that's, that's just randomly on my mind. And uh, usually it has something spiritual in nature, but not always, but just something that the Lord just laid on my heart. So I would encourage you to do it. Go out to iworkram.com, subscribe on the podcast page. Is that where it is? Yeah, if they just go to um, yeah, if they go to the the podcast page, there's a place to subscribe. All right, perfect. Listen, helping beautify somebody's home with new windows, new doors, new siding, and new garage floors is no small task. Working with demanding customers is also no easy task. Today we broadcast, like I said, from San Antonio, Texas. We're going to talk with one such contractor, Scott Barr, with Southwest Exteriors. He's also got three of his of team three team leaders in the conference room with him. We've got Steve McNary. We've got Ryan, Ryan, I apologize. I didn't ask ahead of time. How do you say your last name? That's all right. It's Houchin. Houchin. That's exactly what I would have said, but I don't get any credit for that. (laughs) We can't prove it. Angela Park, Steve McNary, Ryan Houchin, and Scott Scott Barr in here. Scott Barr, thank you and welcome to I Work For Him. You're welcome. It was great meeting you in Chicago a couple weeks ago. I thought it was fantastic. We'd actually be in the same city once again two weeks later. I loved what I heard, and as I've studied Southwest Exteriors online, I just you got a reputation in this town for being a man of excellence, being a man of integrity, and for somebody really living out your faith and your work. Tell us, tell the audience, how did you become a Jesus follower? Well, it started in 1969 when I was eight years old in a local church here called Grace Bible Church, and the pastor was Dwayne Spencer, a World War II veteran who loved the Lord and loved teaching his word, and I was attending that church and accepted Christ at, at that time. So, but a lot of times when we're younger, when we become Jesus followers, it takes us, usually later on in life, is a little more of a cementing process to cement our faith in action. What was that for you? Yeah, so that's been a long journey. So that was the starting point of when I was saved. But starting in high school and then in college, I went through a real rebellious season mm-hmm. and um, started binge drinking in high school and um then in college, um, that that grew into promiscuity, and then um, in summer of 1982, I came home for summer break, and my girlfriend from college was reporting to my mom what I was doing while I was away at school, <laughs> and so my mom sat me down when I came home from that summer break, and she said, I think you're an alcoholic, and I said, well, I don't think I am, 
And she said, well, I just want you to go to AA meeting, and I've got somebody that's going to meet you there. So that was the starting point of, you know, I believe God used AA to get me off the path of self-destruction, but I didn't give my life back to the Lord. So in my um, undeveloped mind, I, I saw two options. I could follow Jesus or I could have fun. And I chose to go about down the path of having fun. So, but yet that wasn't really a true statement when you, you that, that choice that you were, that you were given in your own mind, I could follow Jesus so I could have fun. That was really a lie. That's a misbelief. That's correct. right. That, that was a twist. The enemy put a twist in your head. Right. So how'd you work through that? So that I, again, I believe God used a, to get me off the path of self-destruction. I was going to end up dead or in jail. One of those two options. And, um, I got connected to, um, a university going to school here and went on down real estate development and did that in the early eighties. And then that was um, a little rough in the early eighties. Cause there, there was kind of a blip there in the early eighties in the real estate world. Yeah. So it was good in the early eighties and then the late eighties is when the blip was. And so I ended up basically going broke in the commercial real estate business, got into this business because I needed a job in 1990 and bought the company in 1992. And then 1994, uh, my grandmother died unexpectedly. I got married in 1991, married a lady who wasn't following Jesus. I wasn't following Jesus. It was a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. And then um, I just, my, after my grandmother died, I just shut down emotionally. She follows for divorce. And then the guy that I bought the business from became a competitor. I didn't have a non-compete agreement from him. Oh. So I was deep in debt, and I had to get an attorney to get um, uh, a court order to stop him from doing what he was doing anyway. It was just all those things around that February 1994 season that I believe God used to crush me and start the process of remaking me. So the journey that I'm on today really started in 1994. So God took you to the end of your rope because you, he, he tried to get you at AA as a 20-year-old guy, right. but you insisted on just keep going and going and going until you got the ending phrase of your rope. Yeah. So got, so in that, that AA experience, my God was then making money. I was, and that was one of the reasons I quit drinking because I saw, I heard testimonies of guys who blew up their families, blew up their businesses because they didn't quit drinking. Right. And I said, well, that's not what I want. So I want to I make a lot of money. And I can't do it if I'm drunk. So. So you had all of that adversity coming to you at that point. At what point then did you um, see in your work life that God wanted all of you and that you needed to integrate your faith into your work? How yeah, did that all so I, it, was, it was a series of steps. And the mm-hmm. first step was, was really understanding that I couldn't reconcile the way we were doing business and what the Bible taught. Hmm. So that's where we started looking at how can we convert from a transactional model to a relational model. So I got connected with a secular organization that really teaches best practices in the remodeling industry, a consulting group out of, out of Maryland. And that's where we learned very quickly that the companies where you have the highest level of owner satisfaction and the highest level of profitability all had one thing in common. They had a high repeat and referral rate. So that's where we started on the, the relational model. And then fast forward to 2000, and that's when I first got connected with BLE. So I had, I had this sense that, that there was more that God wanted me to do with my life. And I couldn't do that certainly in the home improvement business, but the BLE taught me that we are therefore Christ's ambassadors wherever we are. And we're called to be good ambassadors. So that's how do you live out your faith in the workplace? And we've done a show with BLE, but why don't you tell our listeners that may have missed it or don't remember what BLE stands for? Yep. So BLE stands for biblical leadership for excellence. And my, my connection to BLE was with the, um, Phil Tolbert, who was the executive director before, before Joe. Mm -hmm. And I was at a, at a church men's retreat and met Phil. And it was the first time that I was in a group of men who were open, authentic, and transparent. And, um, I was attracted to that authenticity. Sure. So that was really what got me on the journey. I wouldn't have gotten to BLE if it had just been another church deal. Mm -hmm. So that's excellent. 
All right, so I want to ask this question. So Southwest Exteriors, you're, you, you talk about home improvements. So it's windows and doors and siding and garage floors, which, by the way, my garage floor needs to be done. It's a long ways from here. Do you guys come to Florida and do that? That's what I want to know. I know the answer is no, because it would be way too much money to bring well, we'll we it. We could work a fishing trip into it. We could I work. Was there's some say, good fishing. And we have Although a beautiful the, beach right by us. On the us. West Coast, though, the fishing is 75 miles off the coast. It's some deep water fishing. It's not like here. You get off the coast, it's like deep all, all of a sudden. It's, it's a little different. What talk about the influence of BLE on you as a leader? Yeah, well, I think it was a number of things. So one, just understanding the biblical principles. What does the Bible actually teach about living out our faith in the workplace? And then the other big piece was R.G. Letourneau's autobiography, Mover of Men and Mountains. Mm-hmm. Right. So he his folks were there in Chicago, the Letourneau University, yes. and so that book is what gave us the inspiration for what we're doing today. Because basically, he built his business, Letourneau Industries as an economic engine to fund ministries. And that's what inspired us to do what we're striving to do today. Wow. I love that. Okay. So let's, Southwest Exteriors, why don't you just tell people really quick, who, who's the ideal client? Actually, don't ask that question. We'll do that when we come back. Talk to, you brought uh, three team leaders in here. What are the, what's this team leader thing all about? Yeah. So November of this year will be 10 years since we converted from the traditional business model to the ministry model. So what we communicated in November of 2008 is we're going to convert our traditional owner-operated contracting business into a team-led model that can be duplicated and multiplied for the purpose of learning how to build economic engines to fund ministries and develop leaders living on mission. So it's a combination of social enterprise and discipleship rolled together. So the a key part of that is converting from owner-operated to team-led. And so uh, my role is the steward of the company, so I'm in a supporting role to the team leader. So our organizational structure is a team leader responsible for the business. So it's the same terminology as a CEO or general manager. So it's the person responsible for the business as a team leader. And then we have five. You have five. You get five more, and they're team leaders. And we're going to hear more about that when we come back from a break. You listen to I Work For Him as Martha and I broadcast you from... San Antonio. That's right, San Antonio. We're at the headquarters of Southwest Exteriors. You can check them out online if you're in this area. So, well, I mean, all right, Scott Barr, how far out into Texas do you guys uh, do business? Yeah, so our market area is Bear County, and that's spelled B-E-X-A-R. And of course so, it is. Of course. <laughs> Thanks to the Indians. Thank and you for clarifying it, that. And then the uh, and then surrounding counties. So that's where San Antonio is, is in Bear County? Right. And B-E-X-A-R. So, that's right. And then okay. so we have a metro area, which includes the surrounding county. All right. So if you're in this area and you're listening, and, and as this podcast goes out after we broadcast, Southwest Exteriors online, southwestexteriors.com. I saw on the, on the website, windows and doors and garage floors and siding. Anything else? That's it. We do those things. And so we you keep it simple. Yep, and try to do those very, very well. All right, but That's okay, fabulous. you know, you guys get tornadoes here in Texas, and they're big tornadoes. You know, they're mile wide tornadoes. They're F five tornadoes. I, I, what kind of siding do you put on a house in order to keep it from getting blown over by a tornado? Yeah, so we specialize in James Hardy fiber cement siding, which is very durable, and all kinds of incredible testimonies of other buildings that get destroyed, but they, if they have James Hardy siding, they're still standing. Wow! So. That one house that was left on. Um, Mexico Beach, did that have Hardy siding on it? I saw Hardy talking about that, but I don't know that it actually had Hardy on it. So I wouldn't be surprised if it did, but I can't say that it He did. had two broken windows, but it only broke one of the panes. didn't go all the way through. And, there, and it's like one house Absolutely standing amazing. on Mexico Beach. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Okay. You mentioned right before the break that you have converted your organization from being typical CEO, president, COO, CFO kind of thing to team leaders. Mm-hmm. Why? Why'd you do this? Well... One reason is because we want it to be multi-generational, and what we want to do is learn how to build kingdom wealth versus building family wealth. 
So we're building the business model so it can be handed down generation to generation. And those are inside of kingdom relationships versus family relationships. So in other words, your kids aren't going to inherit the company just by default. They are not. So they've already been told that they are not going to inherit the company, but they, I am going to help them discover what they were created to do and help them live that out, but they're not going to inherit a business. And so we're building this business for the next generation leadership. And so the long-term plan is to have a board of elders that operates like a board of directors, mm -hmm. and they provide both financial oversight and spiritual oversight. And nice. then we want to use the principles taught in the book Mission Drift to make sure that we don't end up like a, a Christ-centered institution that started out on the right path but ended up a long way away from the right path. So, Jim, so this Martha. is where normally if you hadn't answered that way, Jim would be like, well, what's your perpetuation plan? And I'm so thrilled to hear that you've got a, a, something in place. And obviously it's a work in progress right. and it's going to take some time to do that. And you're not needing it to be done today. But um, I love the fact that you're thinking very intentionally, mm -hmm. very kingdom minded yep. and um, for the long haul, because we we do hear that a lot where a company starts out with a faith base mm -hmm. and and it's lost. All right. So you've got two of your team leaders, the microphones on right now. Why don't you introduce them? Yeah. So just real, real quick, going back to the organizational structure, team leader responsible for the business, five functional area leaders, the accounting leader, the sales leader, the marketing leader, the installation leader. And what's the one I'm leaving out? HR. HR. So those five functional areas. So Okay. And your accounting leader is sitting to your left. Go ahead she and introduce is. her. So this is Angela. And what else would you like me to say about her? <laughs> nice things. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she came to us from another uh, window manufacturer retailer here in town. And her sister used to work with us. And she would come in and visit. And um, always was impressed by her attitude and her personality. Mm -hmm. So we had the opportunity to... To offer her a position and she came on board and I don't remember exactly where you started in the accounting world. Mm -hmm. So she started out there and then um, started out in a supporting role and now is in the leadership role, which is what we aspire to do is to to connect with high capacity servant leaders and create leadership opportunities for them. Angela Parks, welcome to I Work For Him. Hello. All right. So talk to me about how long, so how long have you been here at Southwest Exteriors? For four years. Four years. All right. And so in another company, you might be controller or a CFO. What, what do you think your role would be in another company? This is accounting leader, but what do you think it would be? Super accounting girl? Sure. I'll get a cape for that too. You do get a cape for that. <laughs> okay. All right. So you worked at other places before you got here. Yes. Compare so, the cultural environments, compare the, the working environment, last place to this place. Is there a difference? A huge difference. Talk about why. Huge difference. Um, the environment that I came from was very toxic. Um, they did not have um, their employees' best interests in mind. And it was very, um, I would say it's very, it was a very cold workplace. Mm. So tell us about this culture. What have you, what has, what has been some of the things that you are thrilled about in this culture? This culture is more, um, centered around the employees. It, um, they really care and respect each one of the employees, regardless of the position they hold or what work they perform, whether it's in the office or out of the office, it's everybody's on the same playing field. And as far as respect and it's a, it's just a very warm environment. So Scott is known throughout the country, apparently, because <laughs> as we've heard about him from all over the country, uh, for his faith, living out his faith in his work. So uh, how does Scott Barr's faith impact you as accounting leader here at Southwest Exteriors? Well, um, I think that 
um, anytime you have a God-centered um, company that shows through the your actions, your words, your well, a lot of times, behaviors. Well, a lot of times it's just words. How does it really play? I mean, is this environment really that different because of Scott Barr's faith? It is. It is. Anytime we have people that come in um, and just observe our environment, they're amazed at how loving and caring our the employees are, um, as well as Mr. Barr. He, he really, I think, aspires to uh, grow each one of us. So talk about your ability to live out your faith as accounting leader. Is your faith encouraged here? Are you able to, are you able to live out following Jesus each and every day here? Yes. What's that look like as an accounting person? I mean, you're playing with numbers all day long. We play with numbers all day long, but um, we do see the, I think the, the benefits. Well, numbers, the, are, the benefits of numbers. I mean, you've got to have numbers when you run a business. So I get that. And certain ones are really good numbers. The they, are. they are. Bigger positive numbers so are a positive thing. There is an up and a down, but it seems like the I more. I thought it was a black and a red. Well, can be. Either, it depends on how you look at it. Um but I really do think that um, there is a sense of um, blessing that we have because of the environment that we have here and the culture that we are um, aspiring to have. I think that there is a, a sense of God working through your business, especially when you give back and you care for your employees. At your old job, did you realize that you had a calling as an, an accounting person? But do you have a, do you have your CPA? No, I do okay. not. So, but do you realize that you have a call on your life to work with numbers? Um, I didn't until I came here. Um, it was not, I didn't do accounting. But, but as a youngster, did you play with numbers as a youngster? I mean, were you, did you like have your own cash register or anything like that? Nope. No? I didn't know. So you didn't know you, you, that you were natural with numbers? No. Huh. And But it, you figured that out here? Here, yes. Because there was a, a sense of, they want you to... Um, they want you to do well and they want you to pursue something that um, is beneficial and helps, helps our company. So how many employees do you have underneath you? I have one. You have one. Mm -hmm. All right. So how are, how are you passing on your faith as you learn to follow Jesus on a day to day basis? How are you passing on your faith? You're one employee. Um, well, I think she and I, we, um, have our one-on-ones and we catch up in the mornings. It's about, it's, it's really showing people that you care for them versus that they work for you. Um, so she and I have a very close relationship. Um, we think on better ways to do our jobs um, so that we can help or help the company. And initially, um, the you feel like your job is just to come work and collect a paycheck. And it's more than that here. Hmm, that's pretty powerful. Scott Barr, as you hear uh, Angela share about, you know, how she looks at hers at her job and that she realized that she had a calling in her life to actually play with numbers. Cause that really is a gift. Cause I'm guessing that you didn't like playing with the numbers. You actually like being out doing the work, right? Cause you got a tan. So and you got, and you got, and you got big hands. So I'm guessing you were once installing those windows and doors and siding. You know, actually, no. So I started, really? yeah, I started out when I was 13 and I'm really good at manual labor, but not skilled labor. Oh, okay. So I figured out manual labor was not something I wanted to do for a long time. Mm -hmm. So I had to figure out a different way to do it. So learn the business side of contracting, but I'm not a skilled craftsman. Wow. Okay. So when you hear the numbers from Angela, as she reports to you, how fun is that to then figure out 
I mean, have you guys? Do you guys have a dedicated portion of your profit to to go towards specific ministries or to ministering to your people? I mean, how do you, how are you dealing king in a kingdom focus with excess? Yeah. So the the long term plan is to have twenty five percent of the profit go to the team for profit sharing. Because as the team does well, as the business does well, we want the team to do well. That's awesome. And then we've, again, early stage are targeting 25% to go to supporting ministries that we're involved in. And then the other 50% being used to grow the business. And that's for a season until we don't need the, or have the, until we have the cash reserves built up that we don't have to keep 50%. All right. So. Very cool. I love that. So. People do garage floors here. That's a, is that a big part of your business? You get the, the resurfacing the garage floors? It's not a big part of our business. It's a long story how we got in that business, but it's about 10% of our revenue. But we see it as an opportunity to grow. Well, I mean, I suppose you get into the garage door and you say, hey, by the way, your windows, they're looking a little rough. Your siding, it's going to fall. I mean, so you can upsell from there. Is that is that what you do? Yeah. So it's a high quality niche product and it does open the door to, to start a relationship and, and sell other products. So. What's the advantage of having a, a treated garage floor? I mean, a, a decorated garage floor. I mean, a, an epoxy garage floor. What, what do you, how do you describe it? Well, this would probably be a better question for Ryan, but... I was going to say, segueing yeah, into sales. Yeah, he's, he, he knows a lot more than I do about it. But I, but I think the benefits are it looks great, and it's easy to clean, mm-hmm. and you don't have to worry about it. It's not like epoxy paints that peel. So this right. has an adhesion warranty for as long as you own your home, so it's not going to peel. Nice. I love that. Okay. So we've talked a lot already here on the show about Southwest Exteriors and just the management that you've got a different style as a contractor to how you really handle the things. You've developed these teams. You've got team leaders, uh, and you've got... Differently, you've got a main team leader and you got a sales leader and accounting leader and HR leader and you're the steward and there's another leader somewhere out there roaming around. What is the biggest thing you're trying to accomplish here at Southwest Exteriors? It's not it's not siding and windows and doors and garage floors. It's really people, isn't it? It is. So our, our mission is to transform lives by transforming homes for the glory of God. Mm. So the core purpose, obviously, is to glorify God in the way we do business. And we only have two core values. Those two core values are love and excellence. So we teach the team, how do we live out our two core values of love and excellence? And I saw that banner poster, big sticker thing on the wall here with love and excellence on it. I love that. That's great. I took a picture. So how often do you get comments back from customers? You know, because, you know, Ryan's the sales guy, so he hears stuff. But how often do you as the steward, the chief steward of the company, get comments back from customers going, hey, I really saw this in your team? Yeah, so we, we use a third-party survey company called Guild Quality based in Atlanta, and they're specialists for the home building, home remodeling industry. And so we get something like 82.3% of our completed projects convert into completed job surveys. So we see that feedback on a daily basis. Wow. So one of the questions is, did the Southwest Exteriors team make you feel loved? And if yes, how? So we get we get real-time feedback on how are we doing in terms of sharing the core value of love with our clients. Well, why don't you introduce us then to your sales leader? Okay. This is Ryan Houchin, and he is uh, originally from California and came to us with no home improvement experience. And I don't remember exactly how we got connected, but you probably do. So Ryan Houchin, welcome to I Work For Him. <laughs> he's thinking, Thank you very he's much. thinking a walk down memory lane right there. Yeah, I was the getting air. deep there. <laughs> well, and he's wearing his colors today because right. his, he That's thinks right. his Dodgers may have a chance of winning a World Series. But just so you know, probably not. I don't know. We'll oh, see. We'll see. Be a downer. I don't know. It's, it's Boston's turn, I think. They're coming back. <laughs> they they got to win another. Okay, go ahead. Talk um, about as a sales leader. I mean – 
how often do you get comments where people feel loved? That were, were you guys installing windows or doors or siding or doing garage floors? People go, that was an amazing experience. Yeah, fortunately, I mean, being that we're on the front lines and we're seeing people in their homes, we get to hear about it often. And, and it's, it's very common for, uh, for myself and my guys while they're in the house to have some sort of comment made to them about how they've felt through that experience that mm-hmm. we've just spent with them, whether it's an hour, two hours. So fortunately for us, we get real-time feedback of, of people thanking us. And you just see the look, the kind of perplexed look on their face, like, what just happened? That was different. I've had six other companies out, and this was different, you know? Mm-hmm. So we get that real-time feedback, and it's, it's very frequent where, where people actually thank us. You know, for the information. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for answering my questions. And it seems to me that the only reason they're thanking us for that is because they haven't seen that mm-hmm. in their prior experiences. So it's a it's a really cool thing to get to to see that immediate recognition of yeah, you guys are a little different. You know, the way you're you're doing things, the way you conduct yourselves, the way you treat us, um, being the homeowners. Um, it's it's a pretty cool pretty cool experience. Talk to us about, you've worked other places before you came here. Right? No, I've never had a job before in my life. Okay. Yeah, I did work other places before. This <laughs> is a great crowd here. Is this what everybody in San Antonio is like? Okay. So, I don't think uh, so. Were you, had you, were you in the contracting world before too? I, no, I had no clue. I was probably scared of it to some, to some sure. respect. But no, I, I love, I had a great job where I worked previously. I'd been there for 16 years. Um, so I, I loved it. Talk about the work environment, though, working at your last place versus working here. It is, do you notice a difference being on a, in a faith based environment? Do you see a difference? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's remarkable. The difference, uh, you know, the, the, the guy that I am still got a lot of work to do, but the guy that I am sitting here right now is not who I would have been if I didn't come to work here. And that's pretty much all I need to say in terms of how profound (laughs) this job change has been on me, even as much as I love that other company, being there 16 years, um, coming here was, I mean, it it altered the course of my life. I mean, I don't know what else to say that's... That's bigger than that. What do you, you mean? Know? What do you mean it altered the course of your life? Just having this environment, having a chance where, where work is connected with faith, having a place where it's integrated with, with you know, our God and what he's doing in us and what he wants to do and what he attends for us. Um, getting to live that out with another with other group, uh, another group of men who are, who are my team, uh, as well as the other the other employees here. Um, it's it's just it. it it produces a transformation that you can't get. I don't believe from, you know, just a, a Sunday in church or, you know, even a good guys group, you know, it's different when, when it's in the, in the workspace. You know, I find it so amazing because so many people would say, you know, I, if I was in a job, they would be attributing things like I'm a better salesperson and I'm making higher, you know, I'm making more sales and upselling and things like that. And that's not what you're talking about. Now, I believe that there's probably, you know, huge benefits to how you're treating your team and, and the customers that lead to that. But um, I just want our listeners to really hear that, that this, that what you're attributing to being so life-changing in your life had to do with how you're being loved in the workplace is that true? Or a contractor. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's absolutely true. Yeah, and that if I had to rank uh, the you know the order of importance of what things I value or I hold 
dear to me and my job, mm-hmm. you know, the, the compensation or the sales or my conversion rate or all the other metrics, which are right. super important, but they're not at the forefront of my mind as I look at this building in this place and my, t- my almost 10 years at this, at this, this place, right. uh, those would be a far, you know, down the list of ways. So you said you have a team of six people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So how are you then translating that into their lives? What you're receiving, how are you giving it to them? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a thing. I think I have an obligation. I look at it as, uh, not in a bad, in a negative sense, but it's, it's almost a privilege and a responsibility and a right to, to impart that on the guys, what I've been given, what I've, what I've received. Are they all Jesus here. followers? All the people who work for you? Um, <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah, not that wasn't like a, a resume question or right. a, you right. know a prerequisite to them getting the job, but yeah, they they are. So talk about then, you know, a lot of contractors certainly selling windows and doors and siding and uh, garage floors. They're not necessarily. I mean, you live in a pretty cutthroat world. I mean, the world you play in every day is a cutthroat. Yeah. I mean, everybody will say well, my window is the same as Southwest Exteriors window. My door is the same. It's six one half dozen the other, and I'm way cheaper. You should go with me. A lot of times you run into unlicensed competition, things like that. Sure. How do you handle that kind of an environment in a Jesus-centered ma- fashion? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I don't think maybe in a different environment that that would be something that would, would be a, a top of mind kind of thing. But, I mean, we stick to, you know, what we are supposed to do, what we believe we're called mm-hmm. to do and being here and sitting at this table. Um, we focus on that. We focus at being better. We focus at growth. Um, and we focus at, at taking, a, taking advantage of in a good way of the environment in which we've been placed, you know, where God has us. So it's a cool thing to be focused on a, a positive and, and doing what we do and letting that, letting that really help us in what we do, but not be focused on, oh, this guy or that guy or the competition. They're out there. It's a reality, right? right. I mean, we're, we're in sales and, and uh, we have to position ourselves against the, the competition in, in order to succeed. But it, it really, again, it, it's, it ranks low on my list of, you know, oh, I got to get up this morning and, and uh, find some dirt or create some dirt on the competition. It's just not. Yeah. Well, there really is no competition. If this is the way you guys are operating, you guys are really setting yourself apart. There's no competition there, is there? Yeah, you got, I mean, you got a lot of other windows, doors, siding companies that are that are living by kingdom principles that are big competitors of yours right here in San Antonio. I wouldn't say so. No, so that makes it easy because you have yeah. no competition. So, I mean, sales. You've been in, have you been in charge of sales for ten years? No, I guess five, maybe now. Okay, sales up or down? Um, well, it definitely up. We've we've grown, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> grown year over year, if not in in total revenue and profitability for sure, and. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of positive indicators in terms of where we've been and where we've come from and where we're going. So you don't report necessarily right to Scott Barr, who's the steward. You've got a team leader over you. Why don't you introduce your team leader? Well, this is, this is Steve McNary here and Steve and I go way back. Um, but he's doing, he does an amazing job. kind of, as a shared earlier, kind of came from the church world and, but he does a great job uh, leading us and, and developing us and giving the tools we need to succeed. Steve McNary, welcome to I Work Ram. Thank you. What does it mean that you came from the church world? Was that a, is that a compliment or a, was that a, what was he saying there? <laughs> I don't know if we want to go there, but no, I'm just kidding. I've actually been uh, an ordained minister for, I don't know, 24 years now, 25, 26 years, something like that. 
So that makes sense because you're you're in a company that sells windows and doors and siding and garage floors. Where's the connection there? Well, hey, I actually went to seminary. I didn't get my degree in the internet to be a pastor. (laughs) (laughs) Like our like our show host might have done. I didn't get a degree on the internet. I did get my license, your ordination, ordination on the internet. Ordination. Wow, that was sorry. We just did that microphone just cut off. Is that what happened? <laughs> so, so actually, uh, most of the time that I've been in the church world, I've been a church planter. Okay. And that's wow, what that's an exciting world. It is. It is. I've always had kind of an entrepreneurial heart and I love hanging out with people that don't know Jesus that are far from God. Um, and just having good spiritual conversation with them and exploring what God's doing in their life. Um, and so that's why I moved to San Antonio was to plant a church here. And I last about, uh, seven years in a new church start because uh, uh, w- number one I'll start to get bored a little bit because the entrepreneurial part is done but number two without offending anybody uh, the Christians start to show up yes and therein lies a whole nother show yes, a, a whole, whole nother show, show. alright we are in San Antonio, as I said, at Southwest Exteriors. We're talking with team leader Steve McNary. And another company might be CEO or president. Here, they're team leaders. And they've got lots of team leaders. And the whole idea behind this, Scott Barr, is that it's not just you running the whole place. You kind of spread out the leadership of the company. That's right. So I believe the contracting business is a very simple business, but it's not easy. So again, the idea is bring in a high-capacity servant leader in three to five years, get them all the kind of the business knowledge that they need, but it's not difficult to do what we do. And, and if you do a good job, it's easy to get referrals. That's right. Our whole business is built on exceeding expectations to earn referrals. Excellent. I love that. All right. So in the last segment, we were talking with Ryan Houchin and Steve McNary. Ryan, you're in charge of sales. You're sales leader. You mentioned something offline about recognize and respond. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's probably, I kind of think where I get lit up the most about what we get to do here and kind of the difference we get to, uh, enjoy. And that's really finding opportunities. You know, we go into homes every day, like six guys running, you know, two to three appointments per guy. It's a lot of opportunities to touch people. And and one of the biggest ways that I think that we get to spread what we do is through something called recognize and respond. And funny enough, I noticed y'all's literature comes from Romans 12, two, our key is Romans 12, one, two. So, um, really, um, what, what we look for is ways to touch people. You know, we find people that are hurting. We find people that are stressed. We find people that are broken. Um, and these aren't homeless people, <laughs> you know, these right. aren't in a specific area of town. Uh, their homes aren't of a specific value. It's, it's everybody. So we encounter these different people at different, you know, stages and areas of their life. And we look, you know, we, we try to do a good job. It's, it is a discipline and it takes practice, but we try to do a good job really finding people that are in that state and offering, whether it's a hug, whether it's praying in the house with somebody, which is a pretty, a pretty bold thing to do and definitely an uncomfortable thing, but really getting, getting an opportunity to get into their space a little bit. And like I said, provide that hug, provide that, that arm on the shoulder, provide that you know, that ear to listen. And certainly if, if the, the mood is right and, and they're willing is provide a prayer for him. We say something on the, I work, we have a thing called the, I work for him nation pledge on our website. If you go out to our website, it pops up a little flag and we challenge people to join this. And it's not a club or anything like that, but it's a commitment to being a change agent. And one of the things we look for is to pray for the people that we work alongside every day by name, each and every day, look for ways to serve people over and above what your job requires you to do. 
look for ways to befriend people outside of the workplace because that's where real relationships develop. But it's look for ways to pray with people when you notice you're having a rough day. So that's what you're teaching people to do because when people are having a rough day and they've shared something from your heart, they are open to prayer. I've never had anybody say no when I say, can I pray for you about that right now? Never had anybody say no. So you're training people to do incredible things because Jesus didn't say, you know, I'll put you on my prayer list. <laughs> he didn't say, you know what, I'll, I'll, put I'll my, get you tonight. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take care of that later. I mean, he, t- he prayed for people right then. Well, mm, that's incredible that's awesome. that you're doing. So let, let me ask a question about recognize and respond. You're just teaching them to be in a position to recognize a need and to respond to it on the spot. Is that basically what it? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I don't know that I'm teaching. I mean, we encourage, encourage each other. And, sure. You know, I mean, it's, it, it sound, I don't want to sound cheesy, but I mean, it's really God doing the work. Yep. I mean, he puts those, those situations in front of us, and he's the one that gives us those, the courage to reach out because it's, it's not easy to do with a complete stranger, you know, right. is, is make that kind of offer or, or delve into that kind of situation. And these aren't people with bad days. These are people with bad lives, sure. you know, mm-hmm. people, breast cancer, people with family dying, people with marriage is falling apart, you know, kids running out. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's just something where we, we work through that process together. We encourage each other. We talk about it. We dedicate a Monday uh, conference call that we do to stories where we either captured that, that cha- that mm-hmm. choice or we missed it. And then mm-hmm. we talk about how we're going to grab it next time and, and have our eyes open a little bit more to it. So mm. yeah, it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm teaching it, but it's something, like I said, that we, we are aware of and we, we try to grow collectively Excellent. in that process. It's a, it's a fantastic thing. I love what you're, I love what you're sharing, Ryan. All right. Steve McNary. You were, you've been ordained minister for 24 years. You were a church planner for a mm-hmm. lot of those years. You're now team leader, which is really, you're, you're the CEO, the, you're the president of the company, basically. As a, as a pastor, you've got a pastor's heart. You wouldn't have been doing church planting. How do you see your role as pastor? How do you see that helping you be a great team leader? Yeah. So if we're, if we're going to love people the way that Christ loves us, it's really you do that whether you're in a church, whether you're in a business, whether you're in a home, whether you're in a neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've I've always had a very missional heart, and I've always uh, tried to live a life that wasn't compartmentalized. And so love my neighbors, love the people that were in my church, love my family, which are sometimes the hardest ones to love, right? Through all of that. And so uh, it really doesn't matter to me. Uh, we could turn around tomorrow and sell completely different products from what we sell now. And it wouldn't matter because it's really not about what we sell. It's about the lives that we get to change both uh, in-house here and then in the homes. And so what I really love about my job is uh, I spend more time with our team members now, you know, 40 plus hours a week than I ever did with any single member other than my wife and my daughter of a church. And so I feel like I have a lot more influence on folks. Uh, I get to know them better. I get to know them in, at a, on a real level. A lot of times the the person that someone reveals to their pastor isn't really the true them, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you mean people have a, they wear a facade when they go to church? Never. Right? I can't believe that. Do you ever get a chance to be a pastor to some of those customers? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I actually started in sales here at the company. So I, I got to take those moments in the home and talk with people and just set the windows aside or whatever and, and realize, okay, God didn't put me here in this moment to sell them anything. He put me here in this moment to love them, to pray with them, to whatever that moment might be. Um, so I've, I've got to do that with, with clients, potential clients myself, and then also with team members. There's plenty of times where, uh, uh, as our, our leadership team, we work through devotionals together. We pray together. Team members here pray together. Uh, we share prayer requests and celebrations with one another. 
Uh, I've had spiritual conversations with people here that know Jesus and that don't know Jesus. Um, and it's just fun to be able to do that in a place where we know we're free to do that. Uh, we're celebrated to do that. And we see God work as a result of it. I really appreciate those comments, Steve McNary. Okay, Scott Barr, we'll finish up with you today. You mentioned offline that you learned something from this company called Polydex Screening, and you've applied it here. What's that all about? Yeah, so they really, they've spent 10 years developing this model for a care team and really loving and serving their team as the first ministry before they get out into the community. And that was basically his learning was very similar to my learning, but they've documented in inside of a coaching practice and a manual called His Way at Work. And so what we're working to do is to build a care team that's a model that can be shared with other companies here in San Antonio. So just imagine if you had 50 companies or whatever the number is that all have a care team, all loving on their people and helping their all the folks that they work with discover what they were created to do and help them live that out and really truly loving and serving those people. And that's what we're working to do. How And, and is this just in development now or have you guys been trying this for a while? Well, so it, I would say it's definitely still in development. We've we've been working on it this year, and we've got um, a male leader and a female leader in in place, and so it's a matter of really building that out. So Health by Design. So I don't know if you've talked to them or, nope. but anyway, they have a care leader. Saw so their building. Okay, yeah. So on the C twelve campus, yeah. Yep. So they have a care team leader, and they've they've gotten a long ways down the road. So we're collaborating with them and. Again, it's something that we want to build as a model to share with other companies. So just describe it really quick. I mean, how does a care team work? I mean, you, you said you're dedicating 25% of your profits to ministry. Is some of that money going into the care team to minister to the people within that's, the organization? That, that's what we're working on for 2019 is the budget for that. So I have a okay. dedicated amount that goes into the care team budget. What kind of things are you going to help your employees with? It could be emergency needs. And what, what we envision is having a council or a group of team members that make decisions that are confidential. So if somebody has a need, that they, that need can be met through that emergency fund. That's one of the ways. Another is any kind of development that they want to do in terms of leadership development and being able to support that. Um, so that's some of the ideas. You know, so just really, again, Jim, I always am trying to get our listeners to just get their interest peaked and to say, you know, this is something that maybe I should be thinking about in my own business, um, not just a contracting business. Maybe they have a cleaning company, maybe whatever it might be, just asking themselves, what is the Lord asking me to do next in this journey? Because it really is a journey that we're all on to just seek how to how to do things for the kingdom. And that care team, you can learn all about that by reading the book, The Business Card, or looking up online, hiswayatwork.com. Mm-hmm. O-R-G, I think. It could be .com. I can't it's remember. .com. It's .com. Hiswayatwork.com. Scott, this has been fun. I appreciate you letting us come in on your campus, kind of invade it, especially for you since you didn't know us two weeks ago. You hadn't even met us yet. So, <laughs> But I really appreciate just sharing what's going on. And I look forward to coming back one time and, and hearing how these guys have really taken over the company. And you, you're out there training up other people to do exactly what you've done here. Right. That's what we want to do is share this opportunity with other owners that don't have an exit strategy. And we're going to say, here's, here's a kingdom-minded exit strategy for you if you want to explore it. And we got to make sure those people looking for that exit strategy know that their next steps then is mentoring into the next generation because mm-hmm. that is a critical need. Scott Barr, Steve McNary, Angela Parks, and Ryan Houchin, thank you guys for all being on I Work For Him today. Yes, thank sir. you. Thank you. Appreciate it very, very much. As we broadcast from Southwest Exteriors in San Antonio, Texas, make sure you check them out online, southwestexteriors.com, southwestexteriors.com. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace is definitely our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for, for him. him.